Welcome to the Habits and Hustle Podcast, a podcast that uncovers the rituals, unspoken habits, and mindsets of extraordinary people. A podcast powered by Habit Nest. Now here's your host, Jennifer Cohen. Hello and welcome to Habits and Hustle. On today's episode, we have Allie Brooke. Allie was a former member of the girl group Fifth Harmony, otherwise known as 5H. Since then, Allie's went off to be a solo artist from 2017 on, and she just released her first book called Finding Your Harmony. We had a really good conversation, and we spoke really honestly about the journey of rising to fame as a teen and all the different trials and tribulations that come along with it. We spoke about work ethic and being true to yourself in a business that sometimes makes it kind of difficult. We spoke about not just surviving, but how to thrive and how to find inner confidence. Please join me and listen to Allie and myself speak about all of these things and lots of different things in between. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed doing it. When I was reading your book, uh, I will tell you something. I, I like I like felt your pain because I what pe- a lot of people don't know this actually, like whatever, but. I used to be in the music business. I used to be uh, a marketing executive for BMG in, for years ago. That's how I started everything. Um, but then I, I left. I went into the fitness business and I actually would train a lot of their young artists like you. So what? like, my, yeah. So I, it like, it, I, I felt your pain, girl. Like I felt it when I read it. I'm sure that you have a lot of stories and you know what it's like, you know, the, the crazy part of our industry and a lot that goes unsaid, you know, um, Absolutely. it's hard. It's hard. Um, obviously it comes with such incredible opportunities and, and amazing highs, but there is so much that one goes through in this business. Absolutely. And I, I will say, um, you have to be somebody who has to, either, if you don't have a thick skin going in, it's, really hard. I mean, I mean, there were a few of these girls that I used to work with who I, I love to this day, who were quite frankly, some of the most talented, like, like you, like your voice is amazing. Some of these girls were like, oh, beautiful. Like this, there's a girl that it was like, they said that she was going to be like the next Whitney Houston. And she was like, amazing. And she kept on getting signed. And then dropped and then signed to another label. Then her entire like 10 years was like a roller coaster without making any music, really. You know, it was just that's what happens. Yes, it's so crazy because this this um, business is so unpredictable. And, you know, I mean, as you, you read, I had before I got my big break, so many years of being in the business and being in Hollywood pounding the pavement, recording with different uh, producers and songwriters and um, kind of just doing what I could. And, you know, you have these high hopes and, um, you know, you go after these things. And I tried to, you know, I had the dream of pursuing a label and of getting signed one day and, you know, things didn't work out the way that I wanted or had planned. And then X Factor came along and changed my world. And then even during, you know, X Factor and Fifth Harmony to now, it's just all so crazy and such a journey, such a whirlwind, so many ups and downs. You do have to have a thick skin. I 
I feel like I did not actually have a thick skin coming into this. And now the business kicked my butt, girl, and I now have a thick skin. <laughs> I, I was going to say, if you didn't have a thick skin, it's now created like a super yeah. thick skin because you have to. And like, you know, it's funny because it's like the most so sweetest, kindest, gentlest girls who are, have like voices of angels I would meet. And you would see what was happening, what the business kind of did to them. It was like heart wrenching, right? Like, and it wasn't always the most talented that became the most successful, obviously. No, it's crazy. And it definitely is a weird formula how it works. And it's unfair a lot of times and it's unjust a lot of times, but continuing to move forward and to persevere and to not give up and to continue to fight is how I ultimately got to where I am today. And I'm finally living out my dreams. You know, it's funny because some people are like, um, or in the past have been like, why are you so happy? Or why are you so positive? Positive. And I'm like, because I know what it's like to go through hell and have made it on the other side. And you know, that's why I smile. That's why I give and I love because when you go through such tragedy and, and such obstacles, you really appreciate the now so much more. Absolutely. I mean, I want to I let's I want to even start with that whole journey for you, the rise to fame, so to speak. You know, because like you were saying, um, there are so many years that people didn't see that you were trying and struggling, going through the music business and the record labels and like all those like the 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 behind the scenes, even before behind the scenes, so to speak, that you were kind of go, you know what I mean? Before even. And I'll tell you this, I actually remember seeing you on the X Factor audition. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember. And I was like, your voice, when you went up and down and like that long string of that, that long note, you crushed. And, yeah. I, and then... No, you're welcome. And I remember like that whole, how it must have been for you then as a, trying to be a solo, being put into a group, like that whole process. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious how, how it all kind of um, happened. So start from the beginning. Like you were now, the floor is yours, Allie. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's such a, such a journey. You know, I had this dream since I was a young girl. Nine years old is when I absolutely fell in love with music and performing and it changed my whole life and my whole purpose. And then um, I worked so hard, you know, with my parents, I performed around San Antonio, my hometown for so many years. And then 12 years old, back and forth from LA um, to San Antonio, trying to, to make it, you know, trying to get a record deal as a solo artist. So many years of hard work and determination and, and um, pushing through every day and every challenge as a family trying to get by, um, you know, doing so much in between performing at schools, performing in front of five people, in front of 30 people, performing wherever I could and not being signed, not having a budget, all this stuff, man. And then I get my big break in Fifth Harmony. I mean, excuse me, on X Factor. And I didn't even want to audition. I was like, my mom encouraged me. And she was like, Mama, you know, what do you have to lose? And I'm like, Mom, I'm so scared of going on a reality 
competition TV show. I am scared of failing in front of people. I'm scared of getting rejected. I'm scared of what could happen on a TV show. That's not part of my plan or um, something that I expected because it's so unknown. I was just scared, but my mom kept pushing me. And finally, I, uh, and it's so funny because the the stories in the book really, you know, add so much more detail. This is kind of just it in a nutshell. Um, But I remember watching The X Factor, the first season with my dad, and I loved it. We loved that it was new. It was innovative. Right. In a group, (laughs) you could be over 40 years old because they had an over 40s category. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you could rap. So it was really diverse and interesting. But I never thought of auditioning for it for myself. And then fast forward a year later, again, my mom hears it comes to Austin. She's like, you should do it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Kept putting it off. And then finally, I, I actually did it. And I sent in my audition. My parents went to Costco. And I always love Costco. <laughs> That's place. Ab- I still love Costco, by the way. It's the same. My parents still have their, you know, the same exact location in, in San Antonio. <laughs> um, and I was so mad because I was missing out on going with them. But <laughs> so funny. And then I auditioned and I said this prayer. I said, God, if, if this is not your will, please, by all means, close the door. I was telling him what to do. And then, uh, then I just had a, a serious moment and a really deep moment. And I just said, God, if, but if it is your will, then please open the door. And then I press send. And that email and that prayer changed my life forever. And then I think it was only six days later, I got an email confirming that, congratulations, you're invited to the, to the auditions, the televised auditions in front of Simon and Brittany and everyone. And I was like, oh my gosh, my whole world just changed. And um, little did I know what lied ahead. And again, auditioning as a solo artist, I make it to boot camp, and we're on the final day of boot camp. And I make it through all these rounds, and there's so much going on happening. And then, bam, they call me to the stage and say, you know, I'm so sorry you did not make it. And I was just completely heartbroken. But then <laughs> they uh, they uh, announced like attention everybody can I please have the following people come back and I prayed that one of those names was my name and it was and then I had no idea what was going on I was like oh my gosh am I gonna have to rap because there's rappers in this <laughs> am I gonna re-sing um what on earth is going to happen then Simon places me with these other girls and we're all together and all of a sudden, he, he said words that changed everything. And he said, you as you are are going to um, the judges' homes. And we became a group in that moment. And it was like, whoa, I was so, I was so unbelievably excited and grateful to have a new opportunity at my dreams. That that moment, I, I ugly cried. I... <laughs> It's a high jump that you can see, like if you YouTube, it's it's there. And I was so excited at um at the chance of again having uh, another moment to pursue my dreams. Then it hit that it was a girl group, and I'm like, 
okay, God, this is not part of the plan <laughs> at all. You know, I worked my whole life towards a solo artist and now this is happening. Okay. But, um, but man, it, it totally changed my life. And I, I remember calling my mom being like, mom, this is what happened. And she was like, mama, trust it. Trust God. Simon knows what he's doing. He's formed one direction. He's formed so many careers. Like just trust him. I, I think something, I feel that something amazing is about to happen. And little did I know, you know, and then obviously I was super happy and excited and, and, and grateful and all these things. Um, but it became fifth harmony. Wow. I mean, so like, how did it emotionally, when you guys were all put together in that, in that day or time, it must've been so many different emotions though, that were running through you. Like all of you guys, like you guys, did you guys already like have some kind of rapport being on being doing that whole experience together with auditions? Like, did you guys know each other already from that whole experience? What was crazy was no, we didn't. We were strangers and we were thrown in it, in it um, so quickly, so rapidly. And because like boot camp and stuff was so, oh my gosh, it was grueling and it was so every minute was so much tension. We didn't really get a chance to get to know each other and there's hundreds of people there. So that was tough. So literally we were basically strangers when we all formed as a group it was it was exciting but it was also like what is about to happen you know who are these girls what's their story what's you know are they nice like are we going to get along and they were younger than me they're like four years younger and is this going to work is this a crazy idea all of these emotions were happening you know oh my gosh i get another chance um all these things. <laughs> it was crazy. So then what happens like from the day? Okay, so X Factor is over. Now you're in a you're, now you're in this group, you know, Fifth Harmony. What's like walk us through like day one, like here now you're a band, right? Like now you're signed, signed to Simon Psycho and to Epic Records. And like you guys have like the women are like women girls have it's complicated, right? Because there's a lot of personalities. There's a lot of there's a lot of like different insecurities that naturally girls go through. Yes, and that was really tough at first to navigate, you know. And yeah, then we um. Oh my gosh, do you mind if I? I'm gonna plug this in. I'm so sorry, my <laughs> No, you're good. That it's almost out of battery. I apologize. Hold on. Give me no, two you don't have to apologize. This it happens to me all the time. <laughs> Real life. Hashtag 2020. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Where are you anyway? Are you at home or? Yes, I'm in Los Angeles at my home. And I actually just got back from Georgia. There you go. Okay. Hopefully this works. Is this okay? Um, Absolutely. Start. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love this. There you go. Real life. Sorry. Yeah, okay. exactly. No, it's true. Re hashtag real life. Exactly. Totally. Um, okay, so yeah, so after X Factor was coming off of this high, we made it all the way to the finale. We got a fan base. Um, we really had people behind us. The potential there was was crazy. It was screaming at us of what we could be. And the X Factor actually wasn't wasn't it was not a fun experience for me <laughs> as you, right. you read the book it was really hard 
because my identity slowly from that moment became lost. And it was hard uh, balancing a role in Fifth Harmony, trying to be, you know, I was the oldest one. So trying to be a leader, an example and grateful and kind, but also battling, hey, I'm not getting like any lines in in our, our singing and or not many. And, you know, balancing those emotions, not feeling good enough. And that all kind of circled to my childhood as you, you read before. Um, so that was tough, but I was praying that after X Factor, we would get a new start and things would be better. And so after X Factor, we got signed and that was just exhilarating. And then we started working on our first album and our first songs, trying to find that right single that would put us on the map as a group and identify who we were as Fifth Harmony post X Factor on our own. And I was, ex- I was hoping that it would be, you know, different. But uh, when we had our first single, um, I was so sad because I only had one line and one ad lib. And I was so embarrassed. I remember feeling so embarrassed and and just kind of trapped. And I tried to talk to our manager and she tried to to make a call and make it happen, but it was just too late. So right off the bat, that was really tough having these hopes of, okay, I'm past X Factor, it's gonna be different now. Then you're, you know, you're again doing everything that I wanted with signed, you know had a big old team behind us. We had agents and managers and a label. And um, and then that happened. That was really tough. But eventually, <laughs> after a long while, things did get better. So, I mean, it, like, I want to talk about that because I think that it's important for people to understand, like you were saying at the, be- at the beginning, you know, just us about having a tough skin and, and having other people kind of like form your identity right as you're like you're a young girl and the other girls like you said are much younger than you right and what that can kind of do and um you know to your self-esteem really right especially in a time of cyber you know you had a lot of let's talk about that like it was you know it's it's hard you have to have a lot of resilience is something that comes to mind right like you you have to kind of fall and keep on getting back up again and smiling and pretending everything is fine. Yes. And that's actually a title of one of my chapters. I think it was called Knock Down, Getting Back Up. Um, And that's kind of the theme of my life, honestly. And in Fifth Harmony, that was that. And, you know, the hardest part for me was losing my identity, losing who I was, number one, in the music. And number two, um, just how even I was presented, the makeup that Mm -hmm. I had hairstyles, the wardrobe, it was all kind of being, being dictated for me, you know, being told, um, you know, Hey, this is for you and you can't pick anything from this rack, or I'm sorry, you can't have this, uh, color of lipstick or this hairstyle because she's in a ponytail or she has curly or whatever. And it's like, it was so hard to balance. And again, as a young woman, someone who's worked at this dream for a long time, trying identity and and presentation is everything you know because you're like i can't wait to one day have a team where you know hair and makeup and i just can wear what i want and it wasn't like that and then when i would speak up you know 
some of the stylists and some of the hair and makeup people were just kind of rude and degrading and and several times would just say, you know, you you just got to be grateful to be here or no, like that's not for you. You can't have that or because I would ask for um a different uh what like makeup look or or hairstyle they would just kind of say like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. No, like you've got to just get what you get. And that was so hard um, because all these little things added up to who I was and who I was to the world. And then to make things worse on social media, people would say, Allie's the worst dressed out of uh, everyone in the group. And what is she wearing? And she looks terrible. And it's like, you have no idea what I got through just to even get on that carpet but for then you to confirm my fears that I don't look my best, it was painful. It's very tough. It is. And how did you deal with it? Like, because that's a, you know, like people get upset on a very micro level, right? When they get like a bad comment on their Instagram, right? You're, yes. you know, you're, you're having to go out there. I, I read in your book a piece of um, when you were doing a video and you, gain some weight and you weren't really comfortable with your body and they you had to go out with, in a bathing suit and it took a lot of courage and by the way it takes a lot of courage and, and guts for like a you know a regular girl who to go out without cameras around them right so yeah. to go do you know what I mean without without a paparazzi you know and then getting that cyber getting the getting the paparazzi or the comments online about how you look and you're not you're you don't look the right part. It, you, the bathing suit's ugly. You're not. You're overweight. It's crushing to a soul. Man, it, it. You said it. It was man. It was horrible. And again, so much had happened. That was uh, towards the the middle, I guess, of Fifth Harmony and or middle endish. And you know, I'd gone through all these challenges and obstacles, and then dealing with my personal life too. You know, worrying about my parents and my mom dealing with her health problems and um, all of this added up. And there was a lot going on behind the scenes that was just awful. And at that point, I just felt like completely lost and so insecure. And I felt like I couldn't trust anyone um, and all those things, but still having to go out there and get up out of bed and to show up on the carpets and the videos and, and interviews and just smile. It was rough. You know, it's rough for anybody. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm emotional and sensitive, especially at that time I was. And so all of it just felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders and everything around me was just spinning out of control. So to be at that place where I'm on the beach filming that music video for flex, um, I'm, terrified of how I look and not feeling my best. Then people around me say, no, you look great. Oh, you look amazing. Then I find confidence. And that took a lot for me to find just an ounce of confidence. And I felt good and I was proud of myself. Like, yeah, Ali, you went out there, you owned your body, you owned yourself and you worked that camera. You know, I felt that moment of pride. And then uh, just shortly later, after we finished filming, um, the, I opened up social media and there were these really unflattering photos of me and they were everywhere. And people were just blowing me up, saying how ugly I looked. They were calling me 
fat and saying that my body was not okay and that I just looked terrible, poor girl. I mean, all these things, it wrecked me. It completely wrecked me. And how I dealt with that, I think at that time I logged off of social media for a few days, but I really just cried, cried my eyes out. And I had to dig in deep to my faith, you know, what what God thinks of me. He, he says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I had to try to believe that and calling my parents, my mom encouraging me, my friends encouraging me, people praying over me. And then also seeing that love there too from, you know, our fans who came to my defense and other people was really amazing. And again, it, it was hard to really kind of recover from that. It took a long time and there are still little lasting effects, you know, that yeah. even day, sometimes I'll be like, Remember when they said that and then I kind of double think and double check in the mirror, but I've gotten so much better at that and so much stronger. And I have a community of people around me, a team who loves me and supports me. I'm now on a healthy workout regimen. Writing helps me to um, conquer my, my feelings and my good days and my bad days. And um, just being surrounded by good people and all this love and finally accepting myself and also being in a world of 2020 where now all different types of body shapes and sizes are being celebrated. That is what helped all of those things. It's just amazing. So, yeah, I, I, I totally understand. And I agree with you. Um, not to jump back and forth, but we'll st- I wanted to ask you earlier and I didn't want to cut you off about the image you had in your mind before you became famous and then when you became famous and all the things that were kind of coming with it, like we we're talking about the the behind the scenes stuff, all the different like things that were going on. How are the two different? Like in your head when you before this all happened, what did you what was the image that you thought when this when you would become a pop star, that you, the dream that you had? Mm. I I kind of had on rose colored glasses. Um, I didn't really understand, and I guess I was a little naive. I didn't understand um, how how corrupt the entertainment business is, and how people do. They don't have good intentions all the time. They want to steal from you. They want to hurt you. Sometimes they just want to uh, abuse their power and make you feel less than in order for them to feel. You know, uh, in control. Um, I didn't understand that a lot of what happens, there's a lot of like (laughs) favors that need to be done that you're like, wait, I have to do this in order to get someone to to like me and to support me. Why can't I just do it organically? Um, And just kind of all the different steps. I didn't understand that. I mean, I've heard stories, but being in it, People are, are cruel in this business, you know? And um, so for my image, when I was younger, I thought, oh my gosh, you go, you get signed, you record the songs of your dreams. Everybody loves you and believes in you. You put out a song and then you work hard and you, you create something amazing. You get those hits and you are traveling the world and people are, are for the most part, kind and um, behind you and there for you and supportive and caring. Um, but it kind of all comes 
not easy. I wouldn't say easy, but I just thought it was a little bit more. There was more of a healthy system, if that makes sense. <laughs> it makes perfect. Give us an example of something that happened with what happened that you were like completely like just totally shocked about. There is a lot. Um, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I wasn't prepared for, for example, I talk about it in my book, um, this executive, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, I wasn't prepared for this executive. He was so inappropriate with me. He made me feel safe. I was going through a lot and I was seeking help. And uh, there was a lot happening in the group. And so I just needed someone from the outside to give me perspective and advice on how to handle some of these situations and maybe see if they could step in. I don't know. Um, And he invited me out to lunch and again, making me feel so comfortable. And then when I get there, um, one of the first things he does is hands me this thong, which is super inappropriate and was like, Hey, you'd look really good in this. And I was just like, completely humiliated and let down and um, embarrassed and ashamed. But I also couldn't do anything about it because, I mean, what am I going to do? Like, say something, tell on him. At that time, you know, you hear things about people. Mm-hmm. Eh, they're kind of just brushed off, if that makes sense. Um, so there was never any consequences to that, those actions. And... Sadly, with a lot of people um, at, you know, during that time, if you didn't engage with that behavior, they would try to harm you. You know, they would try to blackball you or make sure you don't work or, or uh, lie about you. And so I was terrified that this person would, would do that. Um, and then another time he texted me and he invited me to his hotel room and I knew where that was, was going. And that really confirmed that this person did not have good intentions, that he was trying to do something really awful and disgusting that I was not comfortable with. And I was so fearful, again, that he would lie about me or or tell my label something and, and the label would try to screw me over even more. And it was just awful. But thank God. Um, well... As far as I, I know, um, I mean, that happened in a way, but it didn't really happen the way I thought it would. Um, but and that person is not really working in the business anymore because that person had some allegations against him. And uh, so did this other person. So that is like, you know, justice in itself. Yeah. Um, but I'm so... I'm so grateful that I had the tools to stand up for myself and say, I'm not going to accept this behavior. You know, I may not feel comfortable or safe yet to tell anybody, but at least I know that I can stand up for myself and pray to God that, you know, nothing happens and, um, and not accept that behavior. And for me to share that and to tell other women that, Hey, you can do the same thing. You don't have to be scared of them or what they're going to do. And, Especially now, people are 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 um, there are consequences with that type of behavior. Um, that's what I want to do: is to alert people, to alert you know women, and say, 
hey, this this happens, so just be careful, but no, you don't have to accept it. And then also um, say that it's possible to to overcome that. Did you ever come forward ever and say, tell people like tell anyone about him, like to once no. once it was already. So like this whole thing happened to you with the thong and him texting you and then you just brushed it under the, the carpet and let nature take its course, so to speak. And yeah. things happened to him anyway, right? Yes. But you never even when he got caught for other people, did you say, Hey, you know what? There was also you never said, Hey, it was me too, he did this too, or no, um, right? My team. So I told yeah. I think everything came out once I and everyone went solo. Um, so I told my team and they're like, wow, like that's, that's awful. That's disgusting. I'm sorry that you went through that. Um, but for me, that in itself was so much, uh, so much uh, justice and what I prayed for, you know, and it's hard because it's like, obviously, you know, God says to forgive, but it's like, you know, I want this person to not like, I don't think it's right if this person moves forward in life, if they're doing all this stuff. And so again, having that person, you know, get caught and, and have those consequences was at least some sort of relief. It made me feel so much better. Um, oh, yeah. It's so creepy, too. Like, what kind of... What was that? I said, if that makes sense. It's kind of a weird psychological... Oh, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. What I find so weird is like, what moron brings a like gives a girl like a thong at lunch like it's so creepy it's creepy you know and it's that's how confident they were uh to knowing that oh i can do this and nothing will happen you know what i mean yeah. nobody exactly nobody's going to punish me nobody's going to bring me down type of mentality it's awful the arrogance it's awful the arrogance is Terrible. More from our guests, but first a few words from our sponsor. Do you have an idea but not sure how to bring it to life? Well, you've got to try Canva Pro. It makes design simple whether you think you're creative or not. Whether you want to create a stunning social media post or make it for some marketing materials, professional presentations and videos, Canva Pro is jam-packed with ways to simplify and speed up the design process. It's rare to find one platform that's got so much creative needs covered. But with Canva Pro, you really do have everything you need. You just choose from one of the thousands of designer-made templates before customizing and sharing it, all in just a few clicks. Guys, if I can do it, you can do it because I'm the least creative person in the world and it makes it so easy. You can even do it as you go. There's an app. So start designing like a pro. Go to canva.me slash habits. Plus, with my unique link, canva.me slash habits, you get a 45-day extended trial. To start designing for free today, go to canva.me slash habits. That's canva.me slash habits. Note the URL has to be all in lowercase. Canva, design for everyone. And now to our next sponsor. So we've heard for years that it's so important to have a diversified portfolio. You know, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that sort of thing. 
But if you've ever looked at the breakdown of the most successful portfolios, you'll typically see a diversified set of real estate. So whether you're just starting to invest in real estate or looking to add more, our friends at Fundrise have you covered. And here's how. Fundrise is an investing platform that makes investing in high quality, high potential real estate as easy as investing in your favorite stock or mutual fund. So whether you're looking to add stable cash flow via dividends or prefer long-term growth through appreciation, Fundrise has you covered. To date, Fundrise manages more than $1 billion in assets for over 130,000 investors. And since 2014, the Fundrise platform has averaged between 8.7 and 12.4% in annual returns. And investors have earned more than $79 million in dividends alone. Start building your better portfolio today. Get started at fundrise.com slash hustle to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. That's fundrise.com, F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash hustle to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. Fundrise.com slash hustle. Go for it. When, when you guys were kind of like growing and then you hit like, uh, you know, you were kind of like kind of growing and growing and then work from home came out and it was like, it was like massive, right? Beyond. Yeah. Uh, was it like, beyond like what, like 2 billion, like, yeah. I, I don't know, whatever, like views or is that mm-hmm. what it is? Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. Uh, it takes you to a whole new level. Like, Tell us about, talk about like how, like how that went, like how did it, what was, how did it change? Did it change the dynamic in the group? Did it become more competitive when you were getting, when you became that big? And like, talk about that whole transition from, you know, being working and being known to then like hitting it like out of the park. Yeah. A super smash. So our first big hit was worth it. And that changed our lives. Yeah. But work from home. Man, unstoppable. That's yes. the biggest you can get. It's one of the biggest records that decade. Wait, because we're in we're in twenty yeah. We're, <laughs> we're twenty twenty. It was twenty seven when did Six, it come out? Sixteen. So two thousand yeah. yeah, sixteen. And right. um, I mean man, I mean again, like we worked so hard and we went through a lot and um we I think we had like what just a few days off in in a year and it was a lot um but when work from home came out man it was it was insane i mean just things at that time we had new management our new team and a lot was happening and circling and it was it was tough balancing that immense success but also balancing um just like all the chaos <laughs> a lot of just chaos that kind of came with that um i tried my best like what? to stay rooted um there's a lot from the industry and like different like whispers and scenarios happening and and people's like intentions not being good and motives being not good um you know without going too deep into it, that was really tough and not being able to trust people even more. It's like, you're at the top. 
but it's like you're still not satisfied or, or fulfilled. It's a weird thing because you really do picture it one way and then it's another. And again, I mean, that's what, you know, it's probably because of being in the group and, uh, you know, having you know, whisperings and stuff from your label and from your management and from the agents. And, you know, that's, that was what was challenging about it. But, you know, I overcame it and I tried to take it for what it was. And I tried to still enjoy us traveling around the world and us being on the biggest award shows and stuff. But it was... Yeah, like, as a young girl, that's like super cool, right? Like, you get to do all these things that you never thought world yeah you get that and again you take that but it's hard when you have certain distractions um and you can't i don't know just all the anxiety that comes with with fame and then the pressures of people telling you what to do and who to be and it's it's a lot you know it wasn't what i thought but again i i attribute that to you know being in a in a you know group, you know you're not your your solo artist, so you can't make all the sole decisions. You can't say, "Hey, I want to do this music, and I'm comfortable with this lyrics, and I want to do this video." It's such a so many chefs in the kitchen. So, oh, I can't honestly, I can't even, I can't even imagine. You know, like you know, like I I I know how it would be just with one person and all the different people yapping in your ear about how you should look and dress and feel and yeah. do this and not that. Then you have like bunch of girls together <laughs> i mean like and then like the, the the competitiveness i'm sure between and the personalities i mean did you guys did you guys have like any was there someone in the group that you were super solid with um i tried my best to be like the mom of the group and be there for everyone as as much as i could so that's what i kind of held on to you know um yeah, so that was kind of my experience, but I I loved every, you know, I loved what I did and um I loved being there in ways that I could and also trying to balance my own inner issues and stuff was was tough. Was oh, absolutely. Of- tough. tough for anybody. Yeah. Uh then when you went from a uh, girl when you went from the gr- the now you're now you're in a group and then you transition what Let's talk about the transition from now a girl group, you know, girl group, then going into being a solo again. Um, and again, you have to like, you, it's like your work ethic has to be, I think there's a big thing here. You're, 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 you're very uh, hardworking, right? Because these are, you have to constantly, you're constantly hustling, struggling, kind of like going and going. You know, it's it, it, let's you must you have a very strong work work ethic, regardless, right? You have to yeah. oh, go yeah. through this totally. And also, another thing is too before you know we all decided to part ways and stuff, or before you know the group expanded. Um, the last year was something that was really great. I think that was one of our best years for sure. We got to write so much. We got to really just connect in a lot of different ways. You know, me and the girls. So. I do want to note that we definitely had, you know, something um, that we'll have forever, you know, I'll cherish forever. And I wrote something at the end of with Harmony um, in my book about, you know, we we went through so much together. And I hope that one day we do end up, who knows, we'll, we may end up on a big 
stage again one day, you know, and I'll always have love for them. So I want to make that clear. I think oh, it yeah. in a lot of, it was hard in a lot of moments. And, uh, but I definitely you, have, you made that clear. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. I definitely had some, uh, really, really nice moments with, with all of them at different times, you know, it was, it was hard to kind of fully be a hundred percent for everyone when you weren't even a hundred percent with yourself. So I want to make that clear. <laughs> no, no, I know. I mean, I, it is clear. I mean, I just think as a girl, right. As women, uh, my, my point was it's, it's difficult with groups of friends, you know, never mind being a group of girls who are traveling the world together with a bazillion people telling you how and what to do. I mean, it's, that's a lot. Yes. And you totally get it. Um, and so now transitioning from Fifth Harmony to my own thing, I was so, um, I was so sad at first. I was not ready. And I told the girls, I was like, no, I'm not ready. Like, we have so much more left to do. Come on, let's rally together. But there's a lot of obstacles in our way. We had heard from our management that our label was not going to support another album. And, you know, it was a possibility of, okay, we have to go search other albums and all that. So I, I did have to understand that. Um, I was mad and I was sad, but I also had to ultimately respect the group's decision. So once I got past that, all of my emotions just surged towards, oh my gosh, this is the beginning. My life's about to begin. I'm going to pursue the dream that I've had my entire life being a solo artist. And that was the most phenomenal feeling in the entire world. Because now I had a platform, you know, I, I, I had fan base and opportunities and connections and I knew all the writers and producers, etc. And now I just take that and put it in, uh, take it on my own was incredible. So that moment was just, wow, it was powerful. Yeah. And then how, but like, let's talk about how it wasn't like everyone thought everyone was telling you it was going to be easy and you had to then have the, uh, resilience and relentlessness to go through that process. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I had really, you know, right off the bat, have the right team around me. And it took a while. I went through a few different managers because, you know, you have to, it's like dating, you know, you have to meet someone <laughs> to a whole life story and then see if it works out. <laughs> and it doesn't always, you know, and that's how it goes. And by the way, we've all, my previous managers all ended, you know, on a great note. So it's not like anything terrible happened. Um, so once I finally found the right team, um, well, at the time I was, uh, you know, meeting with all these labels for the first time. And I was told by my, one of my managers at the time that girl is going to be so amazing because you're coming from the biggest girl group in the world. You have all the success. You have so much incredible talent. You're going to have a bidding war. They're going to be offering you uh, deals left, left and right. And I was like, wow, really? Oh my gosh, this is the <laughs> dream. You know, this is wow. You know, this is again, I worked so hard toward, toward this for my, you know, entire life. And then I, I went on these, uh, I went to all these different label meetings they weren't as 
as, I don't want to say easy because it's not like I was expecting it to be easy, but I was expecting it to at least be a little easier. You know, the room sometimes was a little like stiff and sometimes meetings were super quick and it it was very like, okay, and what's your name? How are you doing? What's your song? Tell us about your artistry. And I'm like, okay, you know, and the energy wasn't right in, in some of the rooms. And uh, I, I guess I just expected a little bit more excitement in a way, you know, and like respect, like you, you came from a girl group for so many years and you made it and you made it in so many different ways. Um, you know, what's up, Allie? We're, we're happy to have you here. Um, one of them actually was like that and it was incredible, but a lot of the other meetings were harder. And then um, one day, my manager will, at the, uh, my manager will, he, uh, he he's still your manager, right? Yes, he is. Yes. Okay. Uh, he has <laughs> seen it all, girl. <laughs> he, oh, can, wow. he will one day. <laughs> <laughs> so the hardest part was being told that all of the labels that I met with said, no, they passed, they rejected me. And I was completely devastated. I mean, oh my gosh, I'll never forget sobbing on the floor, you know, kneeling down in agony and being mad at God and saying, why, you know, I already went through all this in my childhood. I already went through all this in fifth harmony. Like you think that maybe you could give me something here. And, you know, it was a lot of pressure from the press and the fans who innocently would ask, Where's, where's your music? Who's your label? Everybody else had announced their labels and all this pressure. And then bam, like you don't even have an option was awful, awful. And I had a moment of just crying out to God saying why, but I, in my tears, um, Will was there to encourage me. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't even tell my parents. And that was even worse because I'm holding in that secret and Again, they worked their whole, well, not their whole lives, but a lot of their um, lives to uh, support my dream. And I want this more for them than, than me. Well, obviously, I want it for myself, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I want to bless them and, like, give them that good news after, yeah. sorry, my voice cracked, that good news <laughs> after <laughs> all the crazy things, all this crazy stuff we've been through. So it was horrible, but I, I had a moment and... At the time, Jesus Take the Wheel by Carrie Underwood was just in my heart. And I had chosen that to sing at this event that I was singing at. And I just literally prayed like, Jesus, take the wheel of my life. I am I have no direction. I have no hope right now. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'll be able to make music again if I don't have a label. Please help me. And then he helped me. And it, you know, it. I was very sad, very sad and alone. I was not in a good space for a long time. But then he reopened one of those doors, and that was with Charles Chavez, which was Latium Atlantic. And I signed to them, and my whole life changed in that moment. It was just sensational. <laughs> you can imagine. I can. I mean, you, I mean, you've done so much. I mean, you've lived like five lives in like a very yes. short. <laughs> yes, you get it. You yeah. get it. People are like, you know, why did you write a book so young? And 
just like you said, I've lived five lives. <laughs> but again, I made it through it all. And I made it through the storm. And I'm here with my head tall. And I'm living out my dreams. And I'm here to, to tell someone who feels like I did. Maybe they feel like that in the industry. Or they feel it in school or in their current job. Or whatever it is. I just yeah, you know what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, no. I just want to hear that message that you can overcome even more than you could imagine. And you really can live out your fullest life. We'll have moments of crying on the floor. And there may be many moments of that as I encountered. But you can thrive in your life. And there is hope. If, that, if there's anything I want this book to leave uh, people with is that... <laughs> There is hope. I, I love that you say that um, because, oh, your book is called Finding Your Harmony by Allie Brooke. Um, and I get why you were, I mean, listen, I think that it's, um, I understand why you would want to write this because I think there's a lot of valuable, like you said, a lot of valuable information for a lot of women, young girls who, um, who who are who are not just curious about the evolution of what happens in a career like yours, right? Because people have big dreams, yeah. and it's you're you're shining a realistic light on what happens, which I think is important for sure. But more of that, not only can you survive, but you can thrive if you hold on. Yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly the message. Um, and again. Like being that, that voice for that little girl or that mom or even that grandma, it can apply. My story can apply to so much. And I even open up about um, so many things in my life, my personal life. You know, there's a, di there's a cancer diagnosis in the family. Um, you know, my mom's scoliosis dealing with that. My mom not having a relationship with her dad, you know, her whole life and his whole life, um, but without giving it away too much, as you've read, um, miracles happen, you know, in 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 life and things that I didn't even think were possible. It's beautiful, and I know a lot of people need that, especially mm -hmm. now. I think that's beautiful. I think it's also you never know where the road takes you, right? I mean. Like with with Fifth Harmony, it you know there was a lot of things about it that were difficult at times, but it gave like you said it opened up such a world to you that it gave you an, uh, so many other options that you would never have known of. Like now you did Dancing with the Stars, you are doing a movie, you know, it's 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 like you have to kind of uh, be open to any opportunity and walk down that road. Yes. That's what I did, you know, and uh, again, even in the moments when I wasn't or I was scared, having that team of people around me to push me and to speak some life into me and some truth into me, man, that has helped me and shaped me so much. And for a long time, I didn't feel like I had that community of people who I knew were there through thick and thin, whether I was in Fifth Harmony or, I, you know, I... I wasn't or whatever. Um, just having that also changed it. And, and you know, in, in moments I did have a period where I'm like, man, I, 
I'm not finding my right circle of friends yet who, who I can trust and who don't want to use me to get to someone or use me to try to get, you know, a meeting with this person um, or being able to just trust them with like certain things in my heart or that I'm going through. But I finally found that, you know, in my team, but also in my friendships. Um, there's so much I uncover in this book and so many different topics. So um, that's awesome that you recognize that. Thank you. No, you're, you're welcome. I, I also, I thought like even is very courageous. There's courage because you went on a show, Dancing with the Stars, and you talk about this in your book a little bit, like people on, on, online would be like, you're the worst dancer. You don't know how to move. And then you went on a platform to dance. You know what I mean? And it's like, and you overcame, uh, I think you overcame something. It's very courageous because like that, again, it's like a difficult thing to put yourself out there in a way where people are criticizing you and you're like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to overcome it. And I'm going to show them I can dance. And you were good. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's crazy because they asked me like multiple times. And the first time I said no, because mostly I was super scared of exactly what you're saying. They're calling me the worst dancer. I'm going on Dancing with the Stars. And I'm, I'm probably going to make a fool out of myself. Nope. I'm too terrified. Sorry. <laughs> God, they asked me again. And my team and my parents said, Mama, I think you should do it. This is going to be an awesome opportunity to, one, be part of a show that you're a fan of, but also to show people who you are, your heart, and also to challenge you to become a better dancer. And then I, I got a lot of advice, too, from my friends. And I finally, I was scared and I didn't want to do it because I was nervous that I'm going to be so, I'm going to embarrass myself and I'm going to confirm that you know, oh my gosh, you can't dance. But I did it anyways. And with the strength of that encouragement and that love and that positivity, I was nervous. I was fearful, but I chose to do it anyways. And it led to one of the greatest experiences um, of my life. It was so special and magical and fun. And it, I, like I say in my book, I entered like a little, um, cub and and left the show like a fierce lioness. It was uh, it was incredible. And again, even if you're scared, still walking through that door and still saying yes, um, it can lead you to an amazing part of your life. Absolutely. Like how? Where? Where did? Were you always this way? Were you always very? Um like resilient like this? Did you always, were you always this, um, you seemed like very ambitious and driven. Was that always just your personality? Thank you. Um, I don't know. I guess so. My parents say that. So I guess <laughs> I've always, yeah. I've always dreamed big, you know, as a young little girl. And that's really thanks to, you know, people like Selena, you know, she, I would watch her music videos and her interviews and her movie countless amount of times since I was a baby, literally. Um, and I think just seeing her, someone who also looked like me, a Mexican-American woman from Texas, just a few hours away, you know, um, was beautiful. And um, I got a lot of my hope from her. 
Um, and then my parents were always so loving and encouraging and kind and taught my brother and I to dream big, but also to work hard. Nothing's coming easy. You know, Allie and Brandon, you got to work hard in life. My parents worked hard. They came from poor backgrounds. My dad, as I write, he sometimes the kid did not have a bed. He wondered what utility bill would be shut off. Um, and my mom, uh, she shared a bed with like seven of her sisters or something like that. And But they worked hard to, to get where they were and encouraged us to do the same. Um, so I think having that foundation really helped to um, to get me to, to dream big and believe in my dreams. Yeah. And believe in yourself, even with knockdowns like that, to get back up and try again. Yes, that's right. Who, who are some of your other role models that you look up to besides Selena? I know also uh, Gloria Estefan, also you mentioned. Yes. Oh my God. I adore her. Man, talk about someone who's a fighter and someone, you know, she has an incredible story of, you know, the record label told her and Emilio, Congo would never be a hit to change this, this, and that. They said, no, we're not changing a dang thing. And <laughs> one of the biggest songs in music history. And they're pioneers and they are givers and they are dreamers and they they are philanthropists and they, he has the uh, medal of honor freedom or one of those he, they're just an unbelievable level and they're also one of the kindest human beings on earth um so i really get inspired by people like them and also gloria has a kind of similar story to my mom as far as you know she had horrible a horrible accident um, that oh, yeah. broke her back, you know? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. She fought every day and she, they told her you may not be on stage again. She every day worked hard and she got on that stage. And that's similar to my mom. My mom's a fighter, you know, and uh, trying to search for a doctor and being discouraged. She found one years, years, years later, um, that helped her so much. Um, but I love Gloria Estefan. Jennifer Lopez, huge inspiration. Carrie Underwood, as you read. Um, Shakira, Adele, Bruno Mars, um, Justin Timberlake. I, I'm drawn towards entertainers and singers and just really wonderful artists, people who are not afraid to be themselves and who have made their own lane. I'm telling you, if if you were to put a picture beside you of J Lo with like looking like how you are, you guys look identical. You look like a little J Lo. Thank you. I don't know, girl. I wish. But no one said that to you. <laughs> no one's ever said that to you with your hair like that and the little bun. They do. They actually do. They have said that um, a lot of times, especially when I have my bun. Yeah, I definitely take that as a huge compliment. She's such a queen and just flawless. I wish I was half, even an ounce. Well, <laughs> I'm telling you, wear those, wear those, you're welcome. Wear those hoops and your bun and you're, you look, you're like mini J-Lo. Oh my God. <laughs> so much girl, best compliment. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. I have one more question for you because the podcast is called Habits and Hustle. We know that you have a lot of hustle, girl. We know that. 
Um, what are some of your daily habits? Are there things that you, besides, I know that you, you pray, you're, you seem to be very religious. You pray a lot. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I need to. Because <laughs> yeah. crazy, so many ups and downs. Uh, but I also pray for a lot of other people too. My fans, my friends who are going through things, um, praying for health, safety, all, all those things. But um, besides that, my habits every day, well, when I'm not working, I've really discovered the gift of writing, writing your feelings, writing your thoughts. Um, obviously, I wrote a book. <laughs> yeah. It's so hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Love it. It is so it's a powerful tool. You don't have to be a writer. You just write your feelings, write your thoughts. Or, you know, me writing songs is such a powerful tool. Um, also, what helps me? Talking to friends, that fills me up so much. FaceTiming, phone calls. Also, I love um, looking at like interviews of people that I admire, um, not just singers, but also actors. I absolutely love Gal Gadot. She's one of my heroes for so many reasons. Um, also, I love Margot Robbie. I love The Rock. I wrote about him in my book. I saw, I saw. Oh my God. You and 200 million other people who follow him love him. Right? Um, I love Dolly Parton. Um, so kind of listening to their, their interviews and what they have to say and how they navigate through life has been really awesome. Um, I love spending time with my cats. I love being on the couch, sipping coffee or tea and having quiet time and just reflecting on life or, or, uh, praying or writing. Um, and when I'm, I can, I love to, to run because it gets me to a whole different space in my my head, listening to music, even just like movie soundtracks or classical music, it'll just cleanse my mind. So there's a lot of different things that I do. I also love to cook and bake and watch movies, watch films. Wow. What's your favorite movie or TV show right now? Are you watching something like a series right now? Oh my gosh. I am so behind. So I actually, you mentioned earlier, um, I actually just got back from Atlanta, Georgia, because I was filming my very first movie called High Expectations. It was Amazing. Such an incredible journey, such a gift, such light. Oh my gosh. I wrote a whole Instagram post about it. So you can see that and see all the beautiful things that came out well, of that. Tell us, how did that even happen? How did you even get that opportunity? Wow. Well, I've been going on auditions for so long now, as you see in my book, since I was 12 years old. And yeah. I got a role, not just a role, but a dream role because of the script, what it's about, because my character, who she is, um, and the producer, he had me in mind. He kept asking me to audition and I didn't hear it, hear about the audition until the third time. It was kind of a crazy thing that happened. And I met with him in Miami while I was rehearsing for my Time to Shine tour in March. And I ironically did the interview over, I mean, the, so I met him in person, but the actor and the director were over Skype. Little did I know how significant Skype would be in 2020. <laughs> right, right, right. It's life now. And anyway, so that's how I got the role. I auditioned over Skype. I met the producer slash writer in person. It was 
man, it was remarkable. And then now we're, we filmed during this time. It's just, it's just crazy. Um, but we became such a family and some of the greatest people I've ever met in my life were on that set and a part of it. Um, it really did change me and was such a huge gift. Oh my gosh. It was unbelievable. When is it coming? What do you know when it's going to be scheduled to come out or you don't know yet? Not yet, but I heard possibly spring 2021. We'll see what okay. happens. But definitely, you know, sometime in 2021. I can't wait. Amazing. And how about your tour? Is it now because it's been put on hold, right? Because of yes. everything? Oh, yes. I'm so, well, obviously I'm at a much better place now, but I was so devastated. Ugh. Again, what I'm sure. See everything you see what I went through to get to that point, and then bam, it was kind of taken. But I'm grateful that I did at least four shows and I showed the people, showed the world what I'm about. Um, but so unfortunately, we don't have really uh, a date to our timeline of when concerts would be back. I heard possibly uh, summer. <sighs> we shall see. We, we, shall I know. See. I hope so. I mean, well, right now people can read your book, Finding Your Harmony. It's a really nice read. Um, and you're so welcome. And where, I mean, we all know how to find you, but just kind of give us all your info anyway. Um, because if people want to go dig deeper into Allie, where would they go? Yes. So you can follow me on all social media at Allie Brooke and follow me on Spotify too and YouTube. Um, also, I just came out with uh, three new songs. My new single is called What Are We Waiting For? And it's with Afrojack. You can check that out. I had another feature come out last week called Gatekeeper with Fed the Grand. That's really fun. And then today, I actually just came out with my very first original Christmas song called Baby I'm Coming Home. So please check all of that out. Um, I know we all could use some Christmas spirit right now. <laughs> um, I hope you guys love it. So follow me everywhere. Awesome. Well, it's been really nice talking to you, Allie. And I like, I can't wait to listen to all that new music and yeah. see you in a movie. Oh, thank you so much. Habits and hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries. Tune in. You can get to know them. Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses. We ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, 
and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.